0: edition of The Daily Disruptor. I'm your host, Adam Brunett, and with me is the founder CEO of Running Alpha, Ephraim Hoffman. And we are going to be revisiting the cryptocurrency topic. As we continue our discussions, we take a look at some of the crypto tech that is shaping up to be a tremendous opportunity for those who know what to look for. We give our perspective and keep in mind, this is for educational purposes only. Any information obtained here should be evaluated by a licensed financial professional before any action is taken. Enjoy. To start today's episode, I've been hearing a lot of terms that I'm not very familiar with when it comes to some of the topics that we've been talking about. Uh, Two that come to mind are DeFi and Dex. And then you've also been pretty excited about a particular
1: crypto by the name of Ox. So the thing about DeFi means decentralized finance. GAX means decentralized exchange. So unlike Binance and all these Coinbase, which are, you have trust, right? You have trust, or the Chicago Merck. You have trust that the people operating the exchange are not going to run away with your money. Which is why you have these wallets that you buy. So you take it off the exchange after you convert it. But you still have that Infinitesimal small amount of time while you're doing and trading on the exchange you could be you know the exchange could be hacked that's why a lot of the exchanges have insurance now they've got cold storage so maybe 95% of their coins are under cold storage but uh, with decentralized exchanges you don't have to worry about any of that like all the liquidity aggregation takes place off the blockchain and then Uh, the settlement takes place on the chain. So what AUX does, the AUX protocol does is they provide their protocol to all these decentralized exchanges, these software programs that are trying to utilize uh, the ability to aggregate quotes from multiple uh, market makers and then matching it best off-chain and then using AUX in order to, like once the, the user has agreed on the quote, then the trade is settled on-chain through Aux. But the the thing that's very special about Aux is that the way they settle on-chain. Because when you're on-chain, you got to be very careful about privacy, and you have to be very careful about uh, security. And Aux implements, it's, it's one of the first ever to implement called the zero knowledge proofs. So it's a way of actually proving and verifying the transaction. And most of the time, if you're not using a zero knowledge proof, it allows for leakage of information. So privacy about who's transacting. A lot of people don't want anyone to know. Like when they're placing big trades or institutions are placing trades, nobody, they don't want anyone to know what they're doing. So they want complete anonymity. But Usually, prior coins that allowed for people to hide what they're doing also resulted in a breach of security. So, AUX found a way to implement a special type of zero-knowledge proof, and that special type was created in Israel by uh, a Technion university where these uh, professors came up with this thing called, uh, well, they started a company called Starkware, and it's called There's two different versions that they came up with. One was ZK Snarks, and one was called ZK Starks. Snarks was the first generation, and ZK Starks was the next generation, much more sophisticated in terms of security and privacy. So basically, AUX was was one of the first coins to implement ZK Starks Zero Knowledge Proofs into the settlement of uh, transactions on the Ethereum blockchain and it, and it's interoperable among any kind of coins. So you could literally like trade coins and exchange coins and swap them like pretty much instantaneously, which and and doing it in a decentralized way where you're not relying on an exchange that could run away with your money or be under an attack where you don't have control.
0: Now, wouldn't you still need access to exchanges or would this kind
1: of circumvent that entire system? You mean to even get it in the beginning? Will you initially need an exchange to get there? Is that the question? Yes. It seems like, yes, there's a way to do it without ever going to an exchange. You basically download the software and you could start transacting. I just don't believe the software is quite at that level yet. Like, even though it says you could do that, so I'm just doing some research, I do believe initially what's going to have to happen is you need to go to an exchange to deposit your money. So you have to deposit like fiat currency into the exchange, then convert it into some coin that could be converted with that new technology. But I wouldn't be surprised that there's somebody that there's some software that does the whole thing. And plus, it's so much better. I mean, because you got to remember one thing right now, it's pretty public information. When you transact something somebody could tell what your public like they could see your pl- the public key for all these different people they can't see the private key but they, they could see the public key that's the way transaction that's the way they could create and aggregate liquidity off the blockchain because anybody that's like storing their coins after they've like moved it from the blockchain onto their actual um ledger or their wallet there's there's a record a public record of information. Now, AUX is eliminating that possibility. So when that happens, you're not going to be able to see that information. They won't know that it's coming from that block. So it becomes quite valuable. So, I mean, some people think it's better than um, you know, Monero. However, Monero is working on doing some interesting stuff in the future. But I don't know. People looked at Monero as being shady, where, where this one... And I'm not saying it's shady now, I'm just saying it started off because that was kind of the reason why people were using it was so nobody could trace them. But it was traceable still. This, this one is actually post quantum uh, security. So even if quantum computers came out, you still wouldn't be able to break to breach it. So it's incredibly powerful. We've mentioned a
0: ranking system when it comes to
1: crypto before.
0: Where does Ox stand in that system?
1: Like an absolutely incredible ranking in terms of uh, its fundamentals. It's just like literally off the charts. It's got like a four and a half out of five star ranking in terms of open channels. Like are they talked about a lot on Slack, Telegram and all these real-time communication channels. Extremely popular on those channels. And their, their, their team is exceptionally strong. And, and obviously, the fact that they were the first to seek out the use of ZK Starks, which is one of the most powerful zero-knowledge kind of protocols in existence today, and the best team, I think the smartest team on the planet, in terms of bright people working on it. And I'm not saying, you know, it's just because it came out of Technion, because, I mean, Technion does obviously have a huge, you know, lineup of work in terms of what they've done and achieved in the blockchain, but... It just happens to be that I was impressed with how they explain it, the breadth and the application of ZK uh, Stark. So I think people should really put onto their radar, Starkware. They should Everyone should be looking up the company Starkware and really studying uh, the, uh, the underlying technology coming out of there, because whatever's coming out of there, you're going to have, you know, they have blogs that update you on who they're working with, what they intend to do. And if you're going to try to find the next best coin after, let's say, Ox, I think a lot of those coins that implement stuff coming out of Starkware are going to be uh, ones you want to be at least looking at. And given that privacy and security are a big thing and Starkware is right at the center of that, quite interesting. And then ultimately, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the Starkware company, they're not interested in terms of going IPO. I mean, if there ever was an IPO, boy would that one shoot up. But they're more interested in providing their technology to different company, different blockchain companies that are producing new protocols or producing new coins. And then, in exchange for providing the technology to them, they actually get coins. From them, so that if certain coins became popular and made a lot of money, they end up making the money off of not just one coin, but all the coins that use their technology. And given that privacy and security are common and are important across every coin in existence today, they've got a huge potential revenue stream. So it would be really nice if they were to make a security token at some point on the blockchain for Starkware where we could actually invest in the company, but on the blockchain instead of buying a stock. How about the product strength? Product strength, extremely uh, powerful. I mean, given that decentralized uh, finance and decentralized uh, exchanges are in vogue right now. I mean, if Bitcoin and blockchain is going to be big, then there's no way they could function without the ability to easily exchange and swap coins either atomically or via exchanges. And when I say atomically, atomic swaps basically mean that it's peer-to-peer instead of through an exchange. So peer-to-peer basically means that if I have a wallet and you have a wallet, I could directly transact between our wallets instead of each of us having to have an account on an exchange where our orders in the book get matched. And... I mean, it's, it, this, is, this is extremely powerful for commerce internationally, extremely powerful for the huge part of the world that's unbanked today that will have access to these kind of uh, protocols through coins. It, it, it's just amazing.
0: So there's been tech in the past that has been superior to what's currently available to the market. And for one reason or another, it didn't quite catch Do you think that there's any risk when it comes to
1: these companies suffering the same kind of fate? You're talking about the state of of the blockchain environment today, like just like the idea of back in the day when we saw the first version of the Internet and it didn't stick. And then we had Internet 2.0. So are you saying is there going to be a blockchain 2.0 that will be completely revamped from the architecture that exists today? so that we wouldn't have to think of using ZK Starks or zero knowledge proofs because there's something more sophisticated that solves all those problems instead of having to have software fixes all the time. Is that kind of what you're asking? Yes. I've had conversations with lots of professors in the industry that believe that the current environment of the blockchain isn't going to be the one that you're going to be seeing five or 10 years from now. Like the we're kind of like where we were 1999, not quite 1996, because like when the Internet, you know, when people started using the Internet in university in 93, and, and it, it that was kind of more like where blockchain, you know, where some of the where Bitcoin was before it crashed like a few years ago. And now I would say we're closer to where we We are like it's approaching like the 2000s where we were with tech. But if you look at the stuff we have now, it's like night and day and it's not the same and it's structurally sound. Not that things don't always change. I mean, things always change, but I can envision a situation where a lot of this interface isn't going to be taking place through software. I wouldn't be surprised that there are chips that operate at a quantum level basically providing a lot of the security that we're having to solve using software overlays. So in that sense, I could see things changing, but the sophistication of of something like a, a ZK, uh, Stark, and zero-knowledge proofs, the concept behind understanding that you need to find a way to exchange something without anyone knowing what's actually happening. I'll give you an example. Let's say that you have an insurance company that wants to check up in a database about somebody to see if they have a certain disease. Let's say it got to that point. They're going in and they're checking the DNA and they're running a DNA matching thing and it's connected, let's say, with the FBI. So in the process of doing it, they could also see if they have any criminal records. Now in the process of doing that, i could see all kinds of problems doing that search one i would I want to make sure that the person doing the search for that specific item does not have access to breach the wall of seeing any other items and i'd want to make sure that the database that's being searched by somebody can't spy on the person searching and then use it against them so something like a zk starks allows for that level of privacy. So that when information is trying to be retrieved from a database, neither the database nor the retriever has access to exactly what's going on from a a privacy point of view. So I think those issues are always going to remain important. And whether it's in a software protocol or whether it's implemented in a hardware approach, I believe these things are going to be ongoing. Another thing a lot of the recent projects that are underway and project lifespans last a fair bit of time, especially if you've got like sophisticated teams on board that are producing consortiums between a whole group of people working together on a common goal. So one of the common goals are, as I said, decentralized exchanges, decentralized finance, decentralized lending, decentralized Margin, you know, providing margin. like So all the things that you would need for a prime brokerage. So all these hedge funds that were operating, let's say, in the equity space that are now wanting to versify into alternative assets like blockchain projects and these crypto coins. They're going to need an institutional platform, a platform that allows the aggregation of liquidity, that allows for anonymity of what they're doing and uh, and provides the, the type of security needed when you're managing hundreds of millions or billions of dollars. And because these projects are likely to be here for a bit and this security protocol is constantly evolving and it has the ability to morph into other projects. I see this coin being a value for quite some time. So I do see this as. A very interesting fundamental opportunity. Kind of check marks all the things I look for in a cryptocurrency. I want to make sure that it's solving a problem. I don't want a coin that is trying to copy someone. That is trying to just pump it up and advertise it. And then get a huge pop on the first day. And and then it just falls apart. Like they're not really solving a problem. It's just trader. A bunch of traders you know, getting a run like this. This is solving a massive problem that's and it's and and it's a problem that requires a solution immediately because because it is a fact that so much money has just poured in to buy the institutions for trading all kinds of coins. But but you can't trade the coins unless you have the security and the privacy. Here it is. So they're actually utilizing the technology of the aux protocol and what better way of benefiting from all these future projects than actually owning the aux coin like it, it just seems like you know a tremendous opportunity now there are other ways to profit from it i mean obviously there's other companies that are utilizing the aux protocol and maybe those companies that are utilizing it higher up in the food chain will be able to actually produce a more usable product because don't forget things that are at the bottom think of the ox as kind of your let's see pick and shovel so you can't mine without a pick and a shovel okay but the guy that makes the pick and the shovel he makes a lot of money because no matter who wins the mining game at the end everybody has to buy a pick and a shovel so he makes a lot of money but There are people that make high margin, that have high margin business higher up in the food chain that could take a protocol here and a protocol from there, combine it in a very unique way, patent the process, and then produce a product that's very valuable and very difficult to penetrate at the highest level, and then license an end user solution, which you're making lots of money because you're selling directly to the end user. Where somebody like the AUX protocol is working directly with other companies in the blockchain that are trying to advance their technology so that others that are working on software projects could then use it. So that's why I like AUX. In terms of GitHub activity, huge development, massive scored 10 out of 10 there. The coin has been very strong initially, like in the beginning of May. The way I like looking at it is how did it perform? you know, in the period leading up to the Bitcoin halving. Because that's like the best way to know. Because usually you shouldn't be looking at the activity now because the activity, usually what happens after Bitcoin halving is you get a big spike and then you get a pullback. And then basically after things settle off, then you get the big run. Usually those runs happen a few months later and especially the following year. So I would say, 2020 is going to be a spectacular year for AUX. So I think this coin has the best shot at doing something that's never been done before. So we'll see what happens. What's it at now? Right now it's at uh, 3,337 on the Binance exchange. This will vary. Sometimes you may be looking at an index or you may be logging on somewhere and what some places do is they average the price on different exchanges. So you may have a different value, or you may not be looking at the price on Binance, or you may not have real time and you're just getting a delay or your data provider's not aggregating it exactly. So there could be a slight difference, but that's approximately where it is. What matters is relatively, as long as you're looking at the same thing on a relative basis, it's a lot lower than it was in the past. And it looks like it's going a lot higher in the future from where we are now. So this looks quite interesting. Are there any other coins that are interesting to you? There is actually one other coin I was looking at that's involved in the privacy space, but it's already had a big move. I actually traded a bit of that one. I'm mentioning it because just so that you understand the different types of coins that are trying to solve problems in security and privacy. This one is called Komodo as like in the Komodo dragon. It's KMD is the symbol and it's been rocketing up tremendously. Right now it's trading at seventy eight hundred and seventy-two, but it's a very interesting one. It also, its it, it score isn't quite as high, but it does have some attractive, there's some things that are very attractive to it. It, it has its own atomic wallet, as I said before, so you could swap between from peer to peer instead of through the exchange it, it uses zk snarks protocol as opposed so it's first generation not zk starks so i i don't i still see the security as being a notch higher in the aux protocol also aux its team i think is a bit stronger its github activity is not very high which means there's not a lot of people trying to implement other projects with it, and th- there were a lot of people in the beginning. And it may have, go- and it may get high; it could still go higher. But th- I guess the thing is, there were so many different coins that were competing over trying to get the best protocol. Nobody found a way to get the zk Starks into it, and and I believe Ox was one of the first to do it. So I think when that happened, a lot of the activity. And the focus move there. And the other thing is their main focus is in the hottest area. Like it's in the hottest vertical. For example, Komodo, their purpose and what they're doing is just slightly different. What they're trying to do is they're trying to speed up the number, like the speed of transactions. Because like on the Komodo network, you could go really, really fast. Like because it's really, really slow in Bitcoin, but it's extremely fast on Komodo. So there's... There's some advantages there. It's actually a fork of Zcash, So it has some additional features that it doesn't have. And it's also a proof of work algorithm where you have to like, you know, crack a code for security protection, just like you do on the, on the Bitcoin network. But in terms of its viability for the number of projects, yeah, I mean, it still tries to solve the privacy problem. It has better security and offers decentralized networking. But Aux is dedicated to providing that service to the Ethereum blockchain where most of the GitHub activity and projects are taking place and especially targeting decentralized exchanges and decentralized finance, which is the number one area of growth right now. So usually people produce... All kinds of new kind of coins and new software in areas that are the hottest. And this is the hottest. And they're using the best of the best technology in the coin. So that's why I like it. Where do you think Komodo is going? Where do I think it's going? I still think Komodo is going to go quite high, actually. So I do think it's of interest. Uh, so I would not discount it. It's likely going to 14693 Right now it's at 7813 But how it goes there is a couple of different ways it could do it. There's lots of support in the 5900 area. It originally started out at 5500. There's a lot of activity. I wouldn't be surprised. Like going into June 11th, this thing could be on fire. So let's put it this way. If there's not going to be a pullback on this thing going into June 11th, then this thing has the potential to go way, way higher. Because the technology that I use... It's basically quantum decision-making technology that we utilize from running Alpha, which is a company that I founded a few years ago. And what and what it does is it tries to identify situations that if good news was to come into the market, it would get amplified. We're trying to identify biases in the market where if positive things were to happen in the crypto space, then these specific coins that have those biases will have the best chance of benefiting from bullishness in the crypto economy because there's thousands and thousands of coins out there and if they don't have the right bias or even worse if they have a negative bias then they could actually do very badly when bitcoin or the blockchain environment picks up we only talk about coins or any kind of equities or any kind of ideas that have the right bias so that if good things happen in the environment, they benefit more than other things. And Komodo is, is certainly one of them that looks like if good things happen into the 11th, and I'll give you an example. Let's say you happen to be somebody out there that thinks Bitcoin's going to 12,000 tomorrow morning. Okay. And it's sure. Okay. If it went to 12,000 tomorrow morning, Komodo is going to explode because it's got a massive bias going into the 11th now just because you have a massive bias going into the 11th of june does not mean that komodo doesn't go down you if something negative came into the uh blockchain environment or not even negative just normal pullback on its way to a higher price sure but we happen to be in this environment after the halving and it's, it was a successful having in Bitcoin. And there's a lot of coins taking turns that are now starting to perk up. Yeah, it's the weekend. People have time to, you know, people that aren't trading equities that also have Bitcoin. They're probably more aggressively doing it on the weekend. That's why a lot of times I see some big moves on the weekend. So I would pay attention to a Komodo. So even though uh, it doesn't have as high of a fundamental rating, there's lots of companies that haven't been you know, necessarily discovered that go up on the ranks. Or there's lots of companies that will never become as fundamentally sound as other ones that are, but yet those are the ones that have the lion's share of the gains, just because that's where the excitement is. I mean, there is a lot of excitement over the atomic wallet of Komodo, and that is exciting. And I think that could be one of the catalysts. For taking this higher, plus the fact that it's got a positive sentiment bias there. Now, plus, you know, there's a scenario here that going into the middle of July, there's a general bias. But it's exceptionally strong in the near term. And we'll see how what it could do. There is a lot of resistance sitting up at 81.45 to 91.27, but none of that may matter because we're in one of these reversion trades. I look at two types of trades. I look at reversion trades and I look at trades that continue the trend. This is something that has been depressed for a very long time and we're now reverting. And I, now I, I'm not a guy that believes that you revert back to the mean because markets are constantly evolving and they're, they're constantly, they're emergent structures just like living human beings. So in that sense, there is no balance point that something has to move towards, but from a quantum decision making point of view. It appears to me that one of the resting stops and it may not rest there, but it's the minimum viable resting stop is is around that in, in the 14,000s, 13,000s. so we'll see there so there's a potential doubling from here. And it could go way more than that it's a time thing also, but that would be starters, but when it comes to aux. That that's extremely interesting because when I look at it on the on the daily time frame, I do see that the next major level is sixty-two hundred and ten. So right now we're at thirty-three thirty-five, and then eighty-five hundred, and then a th- and then ten thousand. Eventually uh, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred thousand. So it's got a long way to go, and uh, and just realize that. Um, Komodo is definitely interesting. Definitely. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. But Aux is just that it's just that it's down. I mean, Komodo has been up, but it still has a long way to go. It's just that you could, you know, like if there is a pullback, then, you know, that's just what it is. I mean, there could be a pullback in anything, but at least this one had a pullback legitimately to a key point where that one has already did that. Like that was, it was already traded and it's already up. And it's on its way to a level, which is fine, but then you're just you're just there waiting for it to go to the level. Where this one, you're buying at a strategic level and you're waiting it for it to go to the level. So those are kind of the really interesting traits. Now it's something that doesn't have to happen tomorrow morning, but it's something that I do expect happening as the year unfolds and and through next year. And I do believe it, like I did do a ratio analysis of uh the uh, privacy coin, um, Aux, and I did the analysis relative uh, to the Ethereum network that it's on, and it shows it's gonna blow away Ethereum. So anyone that thinks that Ethereum, which has most of the viable coins on there, and a lot of projects and GitHub activity, anyone that thinks that Ethereum with their uh, new upgraded system, mainnet uh the new mainnet system so they have uh, it's called really ethereum 2.0 uh uh, is going to really change the game uh, of of finance and i believe aux is going to change the game of of the ethereum coins so imagine that's kind of changing the game squared and uh Now,
0: why do you compare cryptos to one of the more popular cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin or Ethereum?
1: So the reason why I like looking at AUX relative to Ethereum, it's the same reason why I like looking at, um, let's say, a stock and its relative performance to the S&P 500. Because the S&P 500 is the underlying index that the stock trades on. And AUX and Ethereum is the underlying index or the benchmark that AUX and all its other coins that utilize its technology trade on. So if AUX if is really something special, then it should even be more special than how people are viewing the future of Ethereum, even though it's part of it. We've talked at length about
0: what a good cryptocurrency looks like and what it has to offer. What's an example of a bad crypto that you would want to stay away from?
1: Now, some of these coins that are no good are like they have these initial coin offerings, these ICOs. All they're doing is it's almost reminds me of the dot com bubble where these companies would write something down on their napkin and three months later have a billion dollars from a venture capital group. Put it out as an IPO, even though it's crap, but they, they know that the environment's strong and everybody's into this stuff. So everybody's chasing after these, these IPOs, but in coins, it's ICOs. And they're, and they're basically, it's like a stock, but on the blockchain, but it has nothing behind it. It's like, you're basically, it's a shell company. They have all these promises that one day they're going to do these things. So they could be like a staking coin. It could be a coin that people have to put a whole bunch of money down in the hopes that one day they'll derive the benefit because the group will be able to pull it off. But most of these guys, like the really bad coins, they have no viable group. They don't even have anyone to build the system. It's just a couple of guys coming together with an idea and maybe they talk to a couple of developers and maybe they're going to work on the project. They're not A-class developers. They're not building something that's solving a real problem. There's no activity on on, there's no GitHub activity. There's no viable thing. It's like a, it's kind of like somebody going to the bank and saying, give me a billion dollars. I have this idea, but I've never really programmed before. But I think I could compete with Bill Gates. I mean, that's pretty extreme, but it's kind of like that. Here's an example of one. So out of a five star ranking, it has a ranking of 0.5 out of five. And it's called Song Coin. Here's the description. There's not even a purpose to it because there's no purpose. SongCoin is a new application specific alternative coin bringing some exciting innovative investment products to the music industry. In the meantime, please feel free to download the wallet and start mining your own. I don't know what the heck they're doing. That's that's the description of them. They're like, download a wallet? This is not solving a problem. This is creating a problem. You know, but let, let, let's get a little bit higher up the chain. I'm going to go to something that's not as not as odd. Here's an example at the, at the higher level, like way back. Okay, here's an example of a coin. This is a perfect example. Bally coin. The symbols B B I can't even look it up because it's not even. Okay, that's even better. This is perfect. Perfect example. Okay, There's, there is one, one critical thing that you've got to look at to filter out a coin. If you type in the coin onto your trading system or onto the, the typical trading system, and I've got a pretty sophisticated one, and it doesn't show up, that tells you something. It means that they didn't even want to put it on because it didn't even meet the requirements for liquidity it didn't meet the requirements for something that's viable or, there's something that, or something that traders are even looking at outside of maybe a few people that did some activity in the beginning. So here's an example. BallyCoin has a 2.2 out of 5 rating. It ranks 1,346 out of the coins in, in existence. It fell 48% in the last 24 hours. It's down 55% in the past seven days. Its purpose, BallyCoin is a travel discount voucher created in the form of an ERC-20 Ethereum token. Okay, this is not solving a problem. This is like saying, here, I'm going to give you more data, drown in it. You know what I mean? The thing is, how many travel discount vouchers? Okay, number one right now, travel. I don't think it's something people care about right now. To a high degree. I mean, maybe they'd love to travel, but they're not traveling a lot, so probably not great to own right now. Even if things were great in travel, you know how easy it is for any company to just copy them? What kind of moat is that? I mean, like, I mean, Warren Buffett would cringe looking at this. He'd say, This is not a wide moat. Anyone could copy it, uh, it's not a defensible product. And it's not even listed as a ticker. On my system, which is pretty sophisticated, so which is good because I want to look at garbage. So yeah, so this that there's an example of one. Now let me try to find something kind of middle ground that at least has something on my system that says that my system indicates is is going to do very badly, or at least something I have no edge on. It just it doesn't isn't telling me anything. So let me just see. Why would I want to trade something where I have like imagine going into a card game where you're asking the card person to just give you the worst hand every time. And I'm going to try my best, but I have really good skills on reading people. So with my skill reading ability, I'm willing to take, you know, give up the ability of having a good card. I'll beat them anyways. That's the dumb- that, that doesn't make any sense, but I would like to go in with everything pointing in my direction. It's hard enough as it is to go against the smartest and best traders in the world that are playing this game against you in the crypto market, especially considering that some of the smartest hedge funds in the world have just entered the crypto space. This is very, very different environment. Now, I I must stress this. This environment may be very lucrative, but it's different than it was in 2016. 2016, there weren't hedge funds in the space. And if there were, they were very, very tiny. And of, of of no significance. Now there are. These hedge fund, uh, funds are like whales. They'll eat you alive if you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So you better be in the right stuff. Uh, yeah. So anyways, uh, let's see. Looks really bad. Gee, you know, sometimes it's really hard to find something that's bad. You know, it's <laughs> it's just as hard to find something bad as good. Because think about it. Predicting something bad... Well, I wouldn't say it's just as hard. Um, maybe on any on a on a given day, it, in in the stock market, possibly, because uh, in a real strong bull market, as I said before a number of times, about sixty eight percent or like over sixty percent of stocks go down in a bull market um, of the broad. I'm not talking about the S and P five hundred. Talking about all stocks because most people don't own the stocks in the S and P five hundred as much as people think they do. A lot of people own a lot of other stocks that aren't in there. So, um, so if 60% of the stocks go down uh, in a bull market, uh, then it, would, it should be easier picking stocks that go up. Unless you happen to be a person that is using some kind of algorithm that is actually really good at picking up losers, you know, so, so, but I, I mean, actually it's, it's not a joke. I mean, like when people try to win the things they think should win, it's almost counterintuitive. A lot of the, like, it's kind of like people ask the question, we talked about it many times in our shows, but about like, well, Like, I don't get it. Why is like the stock market going up when the economy isn't good? I mean, today is a little bit different because some of the economic numbers, but that's just one month, you know, obviously it's, uh, we know that if you open up the economy, numbers are going to be a little bit better. I mean, but they were a lot better than they thought. Okay. So whatever. So, but prior to that, things in general were pretty bad and they're still bad for a lot of people. The market is going up like it's the best thing ever. So it's like, okay, counterintuitive. A lot of trading systems are counterintuitive. They're going to look at trends, look at certain things thinking, okay, it worked this many times, it's going to work the next time. And then it doesn't work. It's like, I'm going to you know, evaluate a really solid company as opposed to a company that's not so solid or a value investment. And then why is that investing going down? Well, maybe because the market is valuing growth companies because we're going into an environment where if you're not growing, you could be in big trouble, especially if, there's a problem down the line and you're not getting a lot of cash flow. So so you, never, you have to really have to understand what Wall Street is valuing at any given time. And if you could understand that, then you know the segment of the market and the kind of fundamentals you want to be looking at. So it's the same thing in the crypto market. Well, what are people valuing today? People are valuing privacy and they're valuing security. So go look for coins that are the leaders in their space that are dealing with Software companies that are second to none in the world. Aux, <laughs> it's it. There, there's no other company of all the thousands of coins in the blockchain there, where it solves that problem better than them for the hottest section of the market. That's it. I mean, there isn't anything else because any other ones that are doing it are compromising other things and are not focusing on the hottest areas of the market, are not working with the smartest people in the world, and are not the most sophisticated management team, do not have a history of pulling off projects that produce good results. This team and what they're doing, like if if anything's going to work, th- that's what's going to work. So that's like that's it. That's it, it doesn't mean it's going to be better than every other coin in terms of profit potential. No. Because as I said before, sometimes companies that are just somewhat interesting and do good things don't go up as much as something that somebody kind of says is the best thing and whoever's the best at marketing it possibly does a better job. I, I think this one will do the run for the money. Yeah, I mean, it already did, it already showed itself in the beginning of May before the uh, blockchain uh, halving and it's going to show itself, uh, you know, especially as we advance through next year uh when usually bitcoin goes up 20 fold so i would expect bitcoin to you know march towards 250,000 but i don't want to trade bitcoin <laughs> because it's because i don't have any specific signals other than short term signals that tell me that bitcoin has to do that i'm just saying that historically if that happens then okay then that's where it would go. But that's not good enough for me. I want to make sure that the technology is telling me that we have a bias, that's going to amplify anything good. And there's all kinds of good things happening. What does good mean? Like, when I say anything good? Okay, good does not mean the market was up today, or Bitcoin was up today. Good means that there are new advances in technology that is going to improve the ability for people who want to use uh, the blockchain as a vehicle to exchange uh, goods and information are going to be able to do it in a very easy way, in a private way, in a secure way. And so far, a lot of the people are still not involved. Like they still got, it's not democratized in the sense that all of society is using it just like grandmothers and grandfathers today are using google like everyone is using google and facebook today it's not just like it's actually probably more grandmothers are using it today so it's like so the point is when are we going to get to the point where anyone and everyone will just have it's like just like a little wallet in their phone they just like press it and then boom uh they're uh transacting with people all around the world or buying anything they want and and uh, securely uh, buying and selling securities that instead of going through um, you know stock certificates and uh, electronically are, are, are actually being processed in real time instantaneously on the chain through settlement but off the chain through aggregation I mean it's incredible. Hey guys, thanks for listening.
0: So this podcast is for information purposes only. It's not intended to be investment advice. Seek a duly licensed professional for actual investment advice.